United States Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims is now in session. The Honorable Margaret Farley presiding. All who have business before this court draw near and you shall be heard. God bless the United States and this Honorable Court. Please be seated. Good morning. My name is Judge Bartley. To my right is Judge Allen. To my left is Judge Meredith. We're here today to hear the case of Joseph Spellers v. Acting Secretary Robert Wilkie. Docket number 164053. Would counsel for each party please note your appearance for the record. Good morning, Your Honors. Dana Wiener for Mr. Spellers from Chisholm, Chisholm & Kilpatrick. With me at counsel table is Elise Kowalski, also of the firm. Good morning, Your Honors. Representing the Secretary, Anthony Ortiz, and with me at counsel table, Carolyn Washington. Okay, thank you. Ms. Wiener, do you wish to reserve any time for rebuttal? Yes, Your Honor. Ten minutes. Okay, that's noted. You may begin when ready. Good morning, Your Honors, and may it please the Court. In considering whether extra scheduler referral is warranted where a veteran uses an assistive device, the Board must answer two questions. First, is the veteran's symptomatology and the level of severity of his overall disability picture contemplated by the veteran's assigned rating? Second, does the use of the assistive device markedly interfere with employment? To answer the first question, the Board must ask if the specific assistive device is listed in the diagnostic code assigned. Here, the Board properly acknowledged it is not. This tells the Board that the effects of the disability picture are not contemplated by the rating in the assigned diagnostic code. In that case, the Board must look to an authoritative source to discuss whether the veteran is compensated for the severity of the overall disability picture as demonstrated by the use of his assistive device. Now, but the Secretary is arguing that the reference in 38 CFI 4120 that mentions motor and sensory impairment would actually cover things like the need for assistive devices because it covers, you know, your movements. Yes, Your Honor. Section 4.120 applies, but it is inadequate. Notably, the section does not say it's limited to an assessment of what is in that section. It just says that attention should be given to the listed factors. And, in fact, it does instruct the rating authority to refer to the appropriate rating schedule. So here, under Diagnostic Code 8520, the assistive devices, such as Mr. Speller's walker, are not listed and are not contemplated. Well, let's look at 8520, and then I want you to tell me what would be, what should the RO have been looking at under 8520 when they were evaluating his sciatica? Yes, Your Honor. So we know, in fact, what the Board looked at because he's 
uh, receipt of the 10% ratings for his sciatica. So the board was looking at the symptoms of his sciatica and gave him the 10% ratings based on those symptoms. That does not contemplate the severe and profound effects that the use of a walker and a cane have on his disability picture. Well, okay, but can I just clarify for me, are you saying that because, let's see, he's mild, he's 10%? Correct, right? Your Honor. Um, for each extremity, I guess. <clears throat> Are you saying that all they look at is the word mild, or they look at whatever he has, whatever his symptoms are, or are they, um, I see that 80 and 60 talk about muscular atrophy and flexion of the knee and things like that. Should they consider those whenever they're rating under this DC in general? None of the ratings within this diagnostic code can contemplate the effects of the use of an assistive device. In fact, in other parts... But, but, but what I'm trying to, 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 to get you to address is what do they contemplate? They contemplate the symptoms of the sciatica. Anything that the veteran has. The symptoms related to the uh, sciatica in terms of the uh, level of paralysis as listed within 8520. But the effects of the use of the assistive device are an entirely separate... Uh, part of the disability picture that is not contemplated as they're not listed within 8520. And in other areas of VA's, uh, within the rating schedule, VA has uh, specifically contemplated assistive devices where they've intended to do so. Uh, for example, in Diagnostic Code 5276, which contemplates flat foot, the minimum rating available is a zero and the maximum is a 50 where the condition is bilateral. And where a veteran's uh, condition is not improved by orthopedic shoes or orthopedic appliances, the appropriate rating is the maximum 50%. And similarly, in Diagnostic Code 5262, which contemplates impairment of the tibia and fibula, the minimum rating is a 10 and the maximum rating is a 40. And there, where a brace is required, the maximum 40% rating is appropriate. And similarly, in 5255, uh, which contemplates impairment of the femur, VA specifically contemplated the use of a brace and there a 60% rating is appropriate. So these diagnostic codes reveal that not only did VA know how to craft diagnostic codes to specifically uh, contemplate assistive devices where it intended to, but also that it recognizes that the use of assistive devices is indicative of a severe disability picture. Now, if this were a perfect world and we were writing on a blank slate and we were working, though, with the same DC, the same language, um, do you think it would be, how can I put this, um, would you argue that the use of a, a cane or a brace or some assistive device should be considered under the schedule or would you automatically default to extra scheduler? Your Honor, it is not listed in the diagnostic code, so it cannot be part of the scheduler rating because a rating authority cannot add criteria to the rating schedule that are not there. That would add a level of arbitrariness to an assigned rating. 
and well, uncertainty. But, okay, but don't we do that in a DeLuca context where we have the precatory or introductory language to the musculoskeletal conditions, talking about uh, pain, loss of function, um, I forget what other things they talk about. Uh, uh, you know, the whole DeLuca grouping of criteria. So they talk about that there. Those things, generally speaking, are not listed actually in the DCs. And the rule is that because they explain those musculoskeletal DCs, um, they are considered part of the scheduler evaluation. There is a rule there, Your Honor, regarding the symptoms. But here, there's, uh, this is different because there's an external device that causes severe effects, profound effects, on a veteran's ability to, to ambulate, to, to be mobile. But, but the, device, <clears throat> the device doesn't actually cause that, right? I mean, so so what, what I'm trying to get at is when, when, when a DC does not list an assistive device, but one is present, um, isn't the device really a proxy for something else that is what we're really considering? In other words, a, a, a cane is not a symptom of a particular uh, malady. Right? It is necessitated by the malady, and so it's a proxy for perhaps the severity of the condition. Isn't that what we're really talking about with assistive devices like this? Yes, Your Honor, it is not a symptom, but the board has to consider the symptoms and the severity of the overall disability picture and compare that to a veteran's assigned rating. And so that, the use of that device creates its own effects on a disability picture. Having to use a walker creates a significant and profound impairment on a veteran's life. And that impairment, the effects of that walker, are what the board needs to consider in this extra scheduler context. Can I jump in there? We're talking about the severity prong of, of Thune in step one. We're dealing with a diagnostic code here that was mild, moderate, moderately severe, severe. So how do you do an extra scheduler severity analysis when you're dealing with a, a diagnostic code like that? How do you differentiate extra scheduler severity analysis from just an analysis that I'm entitled to a higher scheduler rating because it's more severe than the rating I have? Your Honor, well, we know that the assistive device is not contemplated because it's not listed, uh, but also what's relevant is the veteran's assigned rating. And so we know what symptoms the board granted the 10% ratings on. Um, and those symptoms do not include the effect of his walker and his cane. Uh, those symptoms are listed on page 320 of the, um, 321 of the record. And those symptoms do not contemplate the effects of the assigned rating. So that's how we are sure that we are an extra scheduler. That further uh, supports the fact that these are not contemplated within the assigned diagnostic code. So the veteran is not being compensated for them in his assigned 10% ratings, his mere 10% ratings. And we know that it's not listed in the diagnostic code, so we know we're properly in an extra scheduler inquiry. Well, uh, by asking earlier whether if this were a perfect world, and um, we were writing kind of on a clean slate here, which would you choose? 
I was referring to the fact that you gave up the opportunity, or Mr. Sellers gave up the opportunity, to challenge the scheduler eval. But would you agree with me that, in general, it's much more difficult to obtain an extra scheduler eval than it is, let's say, to have the brace and the cane considered as part of the scheduler criteria? It may be difficult, Your Honor, but it is the appropriate venue because the scheduler avenue is not appropriate since it does not contemplate the assistive devices. So even if Mr. Sellers were at the highest maximum rating, he would not be compensated for the effects that this walker caused on his life because it's not within the scheduler realm. And so the way to compensate him is through extra scheduler. But wouldn't, to follow up on Judge Bartley's question, is it your view that it would be inappropriate if what the board did in a case is say the symptoms that were considered on the portion of the record you gave would lead to a conclusion that this is mild and therefore 10%. But I also note that the claimant uses a walker, and therefore I now conclude that that leads to this being a moderate result. I think that's what Judge Bartley's question, in a way, is getting at, is that the cane, given the type of diagnostic code we have here, or walker, could as easily be plugged into determining that something was moderate instead of mild or moderately severe instead of moderate. Yes, Your Honor, but whether something was moderate or moderately severe would have to be based on the severity of the condition and not based on the effects that the assistive device, like the walker, caused on the severity of the disability picture. So that's separate from the symptoms themselves. You see, you've now said something a little bit different than what I was saying before, and I want to get which one it is, right? Which is one way that one could be arguing is that the use of an assistive device reflects something else that needs to be considered, right? That I use a cane, which makes my condition worse in some measure, more severe than somebody who has the same type of condition but doesn't need to have a cane. But the way you just framed it, you're talking about the cane itself causing something else. And so are you talking about both of those things or really just the latter? Your Honor, having to use an assistive device could be reflective of a more severe disability picture. But for extra scheduler, the effects that the assistive device caused, those effects are relevant for the extra scheduler inquiry. Because having to use an assistive device does cause a profound effect on a veteran's life. And those effects are not contemplated in the extra scheduler inquiry. I'm sorry, in the scheduler inquiry. But why not in a diagnostic code like this? Why couldn't we say that the assistive device is relevant in determining whether or not a disability is mild, moderate, moderately severe, or severe? Here it is not listed. And in Mr. Speller's case, we know that it was not considered because the board 
gave an analysis in that regard, and we know that the board did not look to the effects of the assistive device in determining the severity of his disability. So his sciatica ratings are not based on his use of the walker or the cane. And so you pointed to the record at 321 earlier? Correct, Your Honor. So can you just point out what sentence you're talking about as to what he was evaluated on? Yes, Your Honor, if I may have a moment. At the bottom of page 321, his ratings are therefore based on the foregoing evidence, which demonstrates reduced sensation and more recently reduced reflexes without reduced muscle strength. The board finds that the veteran's sciatica of the bilateral lower extremities results in no more than mild and complete paralysis of the sciatic nerve bilaterally. So there we know the symptoms that the board considered. And so here his assistive devices were not considered, which is following with the fact that they are not listed in the diagnostic code. And do you agree with their finding that he didn't have reduced muscle strength? Your Honor, that issue is not on appeal, so we would not challenge that. But we do challenge the fact that the disability picture is more severe in general, but that scheduler was not the appropriate avenue to challenge that because regardless of his scheduler rating, he would not be compensated for the effects of the walker and the cane. In trying to determine the significance of the assistive device, is it relevant that the Veterans Health Administration handbook refers to a mobility aid such as a walker or cane as treatment? No, Your Honor. That is not relevant, nor is it a bar for the extra scheduler avenue. In fact, there is no authority that that would bar extra scheduler, and in fact that would actually be contrary to Section 3.321B. In the second fund step, the regulation considers frequent hospitalizations. And the purpose of frequent hospitalizations is to aid a veteran. When their symptoms are severe, they seek hospitalization to get help. However, the regulation reflects and acknowledges that the effect of seeking treatment may in fact be marked. That may cause a marked interference with their employment. So just because the effect or the intent is to help them, there may be a marked effect that is negative on their disability picture. So similarly, a cane or a walker is meant to help a veteran, but it may still cause negative effects on their disability picture. Are you suggesting that the assistive device is relevant to both Step 1 and Step 2? Correct, Your Honor. It may also cause interference with employment. Counsel, do you have any knowledge of what percentage of sufferers of sciatica use mobility assistive devices? 
I do not, Your Honor. Uh, I'm not sure of the um, specific number, but, but if the court would like, I could look into that. But underlying your whole argument is some, must be some argument that it is exceptional or unusual for a sciatica sufferer to rely on these devices. Yes, Your Honor. At, with two 10% ratings, in light of VA's uh, recognition and other diagnostic codes of the severity, as well as Social Security's acknowledgement that use of a walker is totally disabling, then it would be exceptional or unusual because it's not contemplated in the diagnostic code. And in fact, Mr. Spellers has two 10% ratings but needs a walker and a cane. Um, but here, the board did not conduct any of this analysis. The board categorically rejected the possibility that use of a walker could lead to an extra scheduler rating on pages 10 to 11 of its decision. This precludes the individualized determination that the effects of a walker could have on a disability picture, which is required for an extra scheduler rating. And as noted, Social Security considers the use of a walker to be totally disabling. And Social Security specifically recognizes that use of a handheld device could have other effects on a veteran's disability picture because a handheld device requires use of one or both upper extremities. That means Counsel, those extremities... I see your, your time is almost expired. Yes, Your Honor. Are we... Do you have any further questions? No. Thank you, Your Honors. Uh, I mean, you can finish your, your closing. We'll add one minute, Don. Great. Thank you, Your Honors. The board erred by categorically rejecting the possibility that the veteran's use of a walker and cane could lead to referral for an extra scheduler rating. Instead, the board should have evaluated the effects of the use of these devices on the severity of Mr. Speller's overall disability picture because Diagnostic Code 8520 does not contemplate their use. Thus, Mr. Spellers requests that this court vacate and remand the board's decision so it may provide this analysis in the first instance. Thank you. Good morning, and may it please the Court. The Secretary's position is that 38 CFR 4.124A, DC 8520, and 38 CFR 4.120 contemplate limitation of motor function for all levels of severity. Further, the use of assistive devices in all cases is only evidence from which a fact finder or court may draw inferences, but they are not symptomatology as appellant has conceded in this case. And in this case, the only inference that can be drawn from the use of assistive device relates to the limitation of motor function, which is specifically contemplated in the scheduler rating criteria. As an initial matter, as this court has recognized in this argument, appellant has waived the level of severity pursuant to the March 2016 JNPR. Therefore, the Secretary's argument is going to focus on symptomatology as applied to the rating criteria. And to answer the court's question as posed in the order for motion for clarification to what extent 
may the board consider the use of assistive devices. We feel that the board did so correctly in this case and essentially viewed it as evidence. We would like to point to three portions of the board's findings. First, that the use of assistive devices are to alleviate the presence of contemplated symptoms or functional limitations. Second, the symptoms that necessitate the use of assistive devices are fully contemplated by the rating criteria and regulations. And third, the regular use of assistive devices does not create an exceptional disability picture. This is on page 11 and 12 of the record. The board's analysis appears to be the most logical, practical, and all-encompassing analysis. Could I ask one question about that? It seems that what the board did, and the way you've described it, which I think is accurate of what the board did, really is a categorical position. In other words, one could almost take what the board said in its decision here with respect to Mr. Spellers and sort of cut and paste it into any decision in which there was a cane. Right? I mean, so because if you agree with that, then that would be saying that there is no situation in which somebody using a walker could be said to have a more severe set of contemplated symptoms than somebody else. I would respectfully disagree, Your Honor, because it's not the use of the cane in and of itself. It's what's the cane being used for. For example, the question before in an extra-scheduler context is what is the underlying symptom that the cane is being used for? If it was being used for, for example, falls, it's not necessarily indicative of a symptom. And the underlying symptom is a fact-finding ability that the board is in the position to determine. But wouldn't it be, I mean, and I agree with you, it's a little slippery in the fact that this diagnostic code talks about levels of severity in a very general way, which is sort of what we're talking about in the extra-scheduler thing. So it's a little uncomfortable. But couldn't you say that somebody would have a set of symptoms? So the symptoms are going to be the same in all of these. But person A has these symptoms but doesn't require any assistive devices, but they have the symptoms. Person B has the same set of symptoms and uses a cane. But person C has the same set of symptoms but has to use a walker. It seems like that person who uses a walker is going to have a more severe picture and that at least should be considered. And I agree the walker is just a reflection of something else, but couldn't that, isn't that something the board should consider in individual cases to see about the severity of the underlying symptoms? Well, the severity of the underlying symptoms, in our view, is not a scheduler question. It is an extra-scheduler question. It is a scheduler question, especially as applied to this diagnostic code. Because the use of a walker versus a cane might be indicative of a level of scheduler severity. His limitation of motion or limitation of motor function is worse as evidenced by the use of a walker or a cane. Therefore, we don't feel that it is an extra-scheduler question in that situation. It is a scheduler question. So could you ever have an extra-scheduler analysis then with respect to 8520? For use of an assistive device? For anything. You may, Your Honor. 
How? There are certain, uh, 8520 cannot be seen in a vacuum. Uh, if you look at 38 CFR 4.120, it points to specific symptomatology and specific considerations that, the, that a rating adjudicator must pay attention to when, when applying the scheduler rating. So if things fall outside those considerations, then they would necessarily uh, necessitate an extra scheduler consideration. And in this case, 4120 points to impairments of motor function, uh, impairments of sensory function, impairments of mental function. They give specific examples. They, if for peripheral nerve injuries, they uh, direct the adjudicator to pay attention to the character and site of the injury, the relative, uh, the relative impairment of motor function, trophic changes, uh, sensory disturbances. So this is not a generalized rating. Uh, this is not a generalized rating. It is a generalized rating in 8520 with specific areas that an adjudicator must pay attention to. But so, I, I think that what Judge Allen was referring to was that, that, that those specific areas are so broad that it's hard, it's kind of hard, at least for me, to conceive of any, any disability picture that would fall outside of the language of 4120. It, it includes, as you said, everything having to do with motor function, everything having to do with sensory function. And if you're talking about a sciatic nerve problem, I'm not sure. I, you know, I mean, tell me. I'm looking. What else would there be? What else could there be that, that you could rate extra scheduler then if indeed that is so broad that it's going to cover everything dealing with your nerves and your motor function? You know, I, I can't really conceive of a hypothetical that's outside the extra scheduler, uh, that places in the extra scheduler rate, uh, realm, but this might be just the policy determination that this, these symptomatologies signify the average impairment for this disability. And it is within the VA's discretion to make it as broad or as specific as possible. And it may, you know, don't take from my questions that this is a bad thing, uh, necessarily, for your position. I, it, it really is a, a difficult thing to have the rating criteria be mild, moderate, and severe, or moderately severe and severe, and try to figure out then how one could have an extra scheduler analysis with that. And maybe the answer is you can't. That's one possibility. Or another question would be it, the cane could be considered in either one, and it's not error to, to do it. And, and so how should, we, how should we think about that? I believe we should uh, think about it in the lens of 4.120. Uh, 4.120 is more specific than uh, Diagnostic Code 8520, and it is something an adjudicator must pay attention to. So it kind of lists the symptomatology, and it describes essentially the disability picture of somebody with bilateral sciatica. 4.120. Well, if we accept your, your argument in that regard, um, is Mr. Spellers's case going to be tantamount to a DeLuca for all neuro neurological conditions? That is, that is, whenever we do musculoskeletal conditions, um, we look at the, the precatory language to the, the musculoskeletal DCs about pain and loss of function, et cetera, and, and raters incorporate those elements into any musculoskeletal evaluation. Well, and so here it seems like you're arguing that 
that's what we should do for all neurologic conditions um, that are that are covered under um, well the neurological conditions DC. That is, we have this this um, introductory language that explains how you apply the mu the, the musculoskeletal the neurologic condition DCs, and that every time a rater does a neurologic evaluation, they have to refer back to 4.120 and maybe 4.123 and 4.124, and they incorporate elements or the consideration of those elements into the, the evaluation of a neurologic condition, the scheduler evaluation. I would, yeah, yes, sir, I would, I would agree with that. I would say this is already done if you reference the uh, April 2014 uh, peripheral nerve examination. For example, uh, just, um, trophic changes are listed in the DBQ. So it is, is apparent that they are taking 4.120 into consideration already when uh, providing a rating in this, in this case. So 4.120 is contemplated, at least as evidence, and I believe it's page 733 of the record. Could we get you to respond to something the appellant said, that the assistive device should be considered? I take your position is it should not be considered at all in step one of them, but could it be considered in step two? Um, in this case, no, uh, I don't believe it would, because it is essentially a, fun a function of contemplated, um, contemplated symptoms right now. So I don't think it is a relevant factor. But we're, we're, not, we're not saying that it should not be considered in step one. It, we're just saying that it is evidence that may be relevant. So if the inferences relates to sim symptoms that are not con contemplated by the rating criteria, then certainly it should be considered by a fact finder. But then it's essentially, you're not taking the device itself into account. It's the underlying symptoms that necessitated the device. Yes, Your Honor. So the device itself doesn't come into play in your analysis. Yes, Your Honor. And the device itself, in our position, should not come to analysis because it's not adding symptomatology. It's not worsening a disability picture. It's actually improving a disability picture. Uh, appellants, in this case, appellants' a limitation of motor function was limited. And because of the use of the assistive devices, it is now better. And to say that, it is not, that he now has a worse disability picture is simply not supported. So, but um, I, I'm just trying to figure out, given your argument about 4.120, what, what symptom could a cane or walker reflect that wouldn't be a motor system? Right? That's what I'm trying to, I mean, in other words, you know, this is broad, motor, sensory, or mental. And I'm trying to think of a hypothetical that would say, I use a cane which reflects a symptom that isn't captured by that. This goes to Judge Meredith's question about step one. I'm sorry, can you? Yeah, yeah, so, so Judge Meredith was asking you about where a cane could be considered, say, for example, step one or step two of Thune. And you, you gave an answer that, well, really, it's not the cane. The cane is reflective of something else, a symptom. Yes, sir. Right? Uh, I'm trying to think of a symptom that a cane could be reflective of that doesn't fit within 4.120, because you, you keep going back to that. I can't think of... I, ca I can't think of one either, which kind of adds credence to our argument that it is contemplated under 4.120. 
Now, Kane, by its very nature, is to aid uh, limitations in motor function. It's to aid that's your That's my mind. point. That, that's my point. And, and this might be right. Okay, your, your point might be right. This doesn't say your point is right or wrong. But it does say it, if that's the case, then the cane never gets to step one or step two of Thune because it is contemplated. It, it can't reflect anything that isn't already reflected in 4.120 on that logic. Right? Yes, I, w I would agree that, it can, ne that it, it can never get in and of itself unless it indicates some other symptom that is not contemplated by the rating criteria uh, to extra scheduler. But in our view, it is a function of scheduler rating. It might, it could very well show that his, the severity of his limitation of motor function is um, more severe than he is rated for. But that's a matter of scheduler rating and not extra scheduler rating. Because extra scheduler rating is to compensate the veteran for things that or don't ordinarily happen and are not contemplated. If it's contemplated, then it should go down the scheduler road. So your position is that as long as the symptoms are contemplated by the schedule, no matter the severity, you could never get into the extra scheduler realm here. Are you reading severity out of Thune Step 1 for this diagnostic code? No, Your Honor, but this is a comparison of the severity and the symptoms. If the severity is, in this case, no longer an issue, as appellant, I believe, has conceded, then uh, the next step is to determine the, what the symptoms that the appellant has that are present. So symptoms, as it says in Yancey, are the, will be the focus. So to, to, not to beat a dead horse here, but I want, I want to just make sure where the, where the road we're going down ends uh, from your point to follow up on Judge Meredith's point. So the cane, I'm just going to use cane as an example here, the cane can't reflect a symptom itself that isn't contemplated because of 4.120 in your view. That's step one. Yes, sir. Right. Um, step two, and I'm not talking about thin steps here, okay, step two in this reasoning is, and the severity prong of extra scheduler never comes into play, not because of 4.120, but because of the way the rating schedule is designed, mild, moderate, moderately severe, severe, right? So in other words, the symptoms are all going to be captured by 4.120. Yes, sir. And the severity is captured by the way in which the rating schedule, the diagnostic code itself, is set up. Therefore, there's nothing, there's no work to be done in extra scheduler because of the combination of those two. Would that be a fair uh, characterization of the Secretary's argument? I believe that would be a fair characterization, Your Honor. Uh, Your, Honor, Your Honors, I would like to, just to take a few minute, moments to uh, address Pellant's arguments, especially in their 30B motion or notice. Uh, the reliance on Social Security regs simply has no bearing on this case. Uh, VA is not bound, bound with them. They certainly do not establish that uh, the use of assistive devices or their underlying symptomatology are contemplated by uh, 38 CFR 4.124A or 4.120. Moreover, the reliance on diagnostic codes which specifically list assistive devices uh, has its problems. Uh, again, our position is that um, the use of assistive devices only indicates potentially an underlying symptom, and them specifically listing, the VA is specifically listing it in a diagnostic code only shows a 
a unit of measurement for a particular level of severity. Uh, in the vast majority of cases, diagnostic codes don't really list assistive devices, but they are contemplated, in our view, by the very nature of the disability itself. Unless there are any further questions, Your Honor? No. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honors. First, Mr. Spellers would like to address that he has not waived the issue of severity. Uh, the issue of entitlement to a higher scheduler rating is not an issue, but severity is at issue for an extra scheduler rating. Severity is part of the THUN inquiry, the first. But could you um, address the, the, the combined argument that I uh, articulated with Mr. Ortiz right at the end of his argument, which is the symptomatology prong or part of THUN is contemplated through 4.120, and the severity analysis is contemplated if you will, by the nature of the DC, mild, moderate, moderately severe. And you put those two things together, <clears throat> no work for extra scheduler to do at all in this context. Your Honor, foreclosing the extra scheduler inquiry from this entire diagnostic code would preclude uh, any individualized assessment, which is the purpose of extra scheduler. As the Secretary noted, the diagnostic code is written in uh, averages to contemplate the average impairment. And so to preclude the ability of an analysis to determine whether an assistive device uh, does in fact pro uh, indicate that there is um, an exceptional or unusual disability picture would be foreclosing that entire avenue and thus uh, prevent any sort of individualized analysis. Well, uh I have no problem with what you just said, actually. Um, but we did question um, counsel for the secretary, and he was unable to come up with anything, given the broad language in 4.120 and 123 and 124. Um, is there, can you, I mean, putting aside your argument here, that a cane or an, a, a mobility device would fall into that category. Can you think of another situation that wouldn't be compli co contemplated by the use of the word motor and sensory function in 4.120? Your Honor, is your question another symptom that would not be contemplated? Yeah, something that, something that would qualify for an extra scheduler analysis for sciatica, hopefully. Sure, Your Honor. So um, something that comes to mind would be sleep disturbance. If the veteran's um, sciatica, you know, prevents him from sleeping through the night because of um, the manner in which he has to sleep or the severity of the pain um, or some other uh, manifestation of the sciatica that does not have to do with his specific motor impairment. Um, and I believe that by reading the language of Section 4.120, which says disability is ordinarily to be rated in proportion of the impairment of motor, again, talking in averages, 
Um, and then it refers the rating uh, authority to the appropriate schedule, noting that attention should be given to the site and character of the injury. So again, there's no limiting language, and in fact, that language refers the rating authority to the appropriate diagnostic code, to the rating schedule, in order to determine what um, an appropriate rating should be. Here the board did that, uh, determined the appropriate rating, which did not contemplate the effects of the assistive device, and thus were appropriately in the extra-scheduler um, realm. Uh, second, uh, the Secretary agrees that uh, assistive devices may be relevant for an extra-scheduler analysis. However, uh, he asserts that they improve a disability picture and do not add anything negative. Uh, however, uh, there is no uh, authority that using an assistive device does not add anything negative to an overall disability picture. And in fact, looking to uh, Social Security as well as VA's regulations, uh, which note that assistive devices are part of a severe disability picture, um, and Social Security, which notes that because uh, the use of a walker is listed as its own disability uh, listing, it is in fact totally disabling, and notes that the other effects that are required um, when using a handheld device, such as the use of one or both upper extremities, um, that in fact it does cause severe and profound effects, uh, not to mention the extra limits um, on mobility, such as the um, interference with going upstairs or moving or squeezing through spaces just by the very nature of having this device around your body. Um, and in fact, in Johnston, this court uh, made uh, remanded where uh, the board did not consider the effects of an assistive device. Uh, so there, the court did in fact recognize that it is the effects of the, of the assistive device that are relative um, relative to an extra scheduler inquiry. Uh, and last, the secretary uh, argues that it's what's underlying the symptom, the underlying symptoms are relevant um, in terms of the uh, use of a cane or walker and that if those symptoms are contemplated then the use of the assistive device cannot lead to an extra scheduler rating. Uh, but in fact, that's what makes it appropriate to be an extra scheduler because uh, if the veteran's scheduler rating contemplates uh, his symptoms, but he still uses the walker, which is not contemplated, that's what allows us to know that we are appropriately in the realm of extra scheduler. The court has no other questions. Thank you, Your Honors. Thank you. Uh, the case will be submitted for decision. Uh, the court is now adjourned, and we will come down and greet counsel.